Good morning, and uh, it's good to see everybody here. I kind of like the paper box for the offering. I think that's like, we're pretty laid back, right? We're just, we're just showing up and like, Lord, whatever works. And uh, <clears throat> so I have lost my message, but it'll be on the screen. So excuse me for a moment. I want to say thank you to Troy because this is what people's testimonies, that means do it again in me, Lord. Like, give me the testimony of rest. Give me the testimony of that I, all I could do was trust you. Give me the testimony that says, look what the Lord has done. And he went through it alone. And I think, I think that that's okay. I think that it was, it was between him and God and coming to that place of absolute trust. And this is when I've been talking about our stories, that's part of Troy's story now. You've been invited into Troy's story. You've been invited into a chapter of his life, and you can take that home, and you can remember that when you need to cry out for God for help. Help me, Lord. That's, that's a cry of the heart. God immediately shows up. Just think about a newborn baby. When the baby cries, you immediately show up. Well, God still shows up when we're adults because it's an act of faith. We're saying, help me, Lord, which means... I can only do this your way. I'm relying on you and I'm trusting you. And so that's how he showed up. That's how God showed up for him. So I really believe that we're in a restart. We've been in COVID. We've been in a place of be still and hear the voice of God, that small, still voice. He will be exalted in your situation. He will be exalted in the nations. We've been in a place of the pause. God calls it a pause. He called it a selah. And he said, I'm moving sovereignly. And then, but I really believe now we're in a restart. We're in a, we're in a new chapter. We're in a new place. And I really believe there's great grace for even what was, even the things that you did not overcome in the last season, even the things that maybe didn't end well, today's a new day. And I really, I really believe that that's what God's saying. When I was um, <clears throat> putting this word together, I like it really high because I can't read, <laughs> even with glasses. Um, I really believe, uh, like, I put this word together, and then God started talking to me about misunderstanding, and I was like, okay, because we just sang it. We want to do it your way, Lord. I'm like, okay, to the side. What's this going to look like? Okay, Lord. And then he even woke me up with one small word that he was speaking about. And what God started reminding me about yesterday, he was reminding me about um, Jesse preaching in 2020, and he was preaching about forgiveness. Before that message, I had a dream in the night about two leaders that I had a misunderstanding of two men. And I knew in the dream that there was a misunderstanding. But it was until Jesse was up preaching that I realized when he was talking about unforgiveness, I had resentment. So what that does is that holds you like with strings to the past. You wanting to move forward. You don't know why you're not moving forward, but you're stuck. Because you're stuck in a place that's not God. Because God's not unforgiveness. God's not misunderstanding. God, God is not resentful, right? And so we, we gave things to the Lord that day. It was wonderful. But it was interesting that that preaching was one week before Angus Buchan. And there was a lot of misunderstanding. And my dream was about being misunderstood by two leaders and how it affected me. Because when people misunderstand you, it can define you. You can take that misunderstanding of how they 
perceived you and you can allow it to define you and then you can actually give it back to them. We, we, we turn evil for evil, right? We don't want to, but, but hey, you, this is who I am. I showed up and you're, you're misunderstanding my good intention. You're misunderstanding who I am. You, we misunderstand. All you have to do is be married to know what a misunderstanding is. <laughs> Seriously, men and women have different language, right? You're, you're, you've all experienced misunderstanding. I don't care if it's in the workplace, in your family, with your outlaws, they should be your in-laws, but that misunderstanding made them outlaws. In the church, there's going to be misunderstanding. But you know what? God doesn't misunderstand us even when we don't understand him. He doesn't change. He's like, that, that's okay that you must understand me. You don't know who I am. He says, you're going to grow into, you're going to discover me on this path of life. You're going to know who I am. So he started speaking to me about misunderstanding yesterday after I had this whole message together. So I don't know what's going to get deleted today. And if it doesn't jive, oh well. But he's, it, misunderstanding is the failure to understand one another. We just really don't understand where the other person's coming from. We don't understand their heart. And God said to me in that, perception's everything. We perceive through, we can perceive through our judgment. We can perceive through past wounds. We can perceive through, I don't trust that person. We can perceive through, I know all their flaws. I know their weaknesses. And so that leaves us in a place of failing to understand, wait a minute, I'm valued, they're valued. I'm worthy, they're worthy. I'm precious, they're precious. And so we bypass being children of God together. It becomes us. Misunderstanding becomes us and them. And so we don't interpret correctly. This is the dictionary definition. And so um, I really believe that God's saying he wants to visit that again. And he doesn't want you to listen to negative reports, even if the misunderstanding is towards you or it's about somebody else. And so this is listening to the small, still voice of God like Anastasia talked about, and not the distractions of negative voices. Because everything about God, he's a good report, right? When God speaks, when the words of his heart are life, they're a good report. The gospel is good news. It's life. Every word that God speaks is life. And sometimes the bad report, the bad, well, not sometimes, the bad report, the negative report is not life, right? And so I feel like God is saying today, and I don't know, because God did all that before the Angus Buckham thing, because there was a grave misunderstanding in the whole region. I had friends who were disagreeing together. It was, they had huge misunderstandings, and I'm like, well, this is my friend, and this is my friend. And I'm trying, I wasn't there, and I'm trying to find out what happened, what happened. So I'm trying to read everybody's report. I'm trying to, what, what happened? I wanted, and God said to me, don't try to find out what happened. You're reading everybody's opinions and perception. And God says, mine is forgiveness. It's never us and them. So I had to lay down. And even when people wanted to talk to me about it, all I had to say was, we need to make Jesus center. Not, we, we, we've sang about all this. I surrender my opinion. I, re, I surrender my perception. I surrender my misunderstanding. It can be towards one group towards another. It's, it's there, right? And so that's not life. And that can keep you stuck. And I really believe in that God's saying, that this is a new day and this is a new chapter, but there's going to be more misunderstandings. What are you going to do with them? Because what, how you're going to come out of that is whether you value people or not, or it becomes us and them. And so I'm, God is saying to let go of them. And, to, and so I'm just going to pray for people here. I just call forth renewed hope, Father. I just declare that 
misunderstanding, you can lift and you can set sail and you can leave now. We say no to misunderstandings. We say no to any strings of attachment to misunderstanding, Lord. We declare it's not us and them, Lord. We declare that we are one, that we have one Father, that you're the Father of all flesh. And Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that you value each person. And Lord, we just declare, open our eyes to see the preciousness of humanity. Open up our ears to hear your voice today, Lord God. If our heart is dull in any way, Lord, awake our heart, Lord, wherever it has become dull. And Lord, we just trust you completely. We thank you for the restart. It's a new day. When we forgive those that have misunderstood us, it's a new day. Do you know that? Do you know that misunderstanding can feel like a cloud? It can just hover over you and you're like, why don't I have my joy? Like, where'd my joy go? Like, I don't get it. And it's like, because God's like, my presence is with you, but I am not misunderstanding. That's not who I am. I change not. He says, I'm not going to bless the lie that you're believing. God doesn't bless lies. He doesn't bless the darkness. He's light. And so this is where we need to hear him. And Proverbs 3, um, verses 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. See, we can have a lot of opinions of what we see people doing. I know who's right and I know who's wrong. That's kind of like the church of Ephesians. They left their first love. They left their first love because they knew who was right and who was wrong. Who had the word of life, who had the word of God, and who didn't. Who were the, who were the prophets and who weren't. But you know what? They came, became so good at that. They left their first love. Jesus always has to be our first love. Our the Father, he made the way to the Father. We talk about, we want your ways. Well, Jesus made the way to the Father. So, and in the Father, there's no misunderstanding. So, And he will lead you in every decision you make. And become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go, and he'll lead you on the path of life. So that's God's way. Lead it. When we're singing, lead us in your ways. We only want your ways. It's always life. It's always a path of life. I mean, every day is a new day because he mercies new every morning. His compassions are new every morning. They fail not. And so we sing these things. And so we have to enter into those truths and become those truths to other people. So it's, it's like, even if, even if we would misunderstand God, we're forgiven. So then we want to turn to those that misunderstand us because we and forgive them because if we don't we'll allow those words those thoughts those misunderstandings to define us and so we we, we got to let those things go and so i woke up this morning and god just said right away it's the first thought that was in my mind to it's the valley of decision this is such a new day that there's old things that we have to let go of we sang it let anything that's tradition in me be shaken. Anything that's religious in me be shaken. Anything that's a place of misunderstanding, let it be shaken. Because he wants to shake the things that are temporal. He wants to shake the things that are not life. Because he wants us standing upon the unmovable, the rock of Christ. Christ in us, the truth. He wants us standing on the truth. So this is a valley of decisions. I, I decide to let go of every person that's misunderstanding me. And I decided when I decide, when these come up in the days to come, I'm going to go back to that place because it's a place of intimacy. We can't do that without God, right? We can think we do, but we'll end up in denial. We'll, we'll pretense. We'll pretend we let it go. But how do you know? You never got your joy back. Joy is, joy is a, faith is always the sound of joy. Joy and faith go together. 
And so when, you, when, when unhappiness is the core of your being, there's something that needs to be let go. You can go out and have fun things and do fun things and you can have joy during the week, but if unhappiness is the core of your being, even in the fun things, there's something being held onto that's not a God thing. So I just bless you in that. I bless you in letting go. And, and I bless Troy for sharing his chapter of his book, the chapter of his story. And I really believe that this is what God is saying also, Psalm 139. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. And you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I'll take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow behind me. And you spare me from the harm of the past. You put me to this test. And you sift through all my anxious cares to see in me if there's any path of pain that I'm walking on. And you lead me back to your glorious, everlasting way, the path that brings me back to you. So this is why we cry out for God's ways. It's the path of life, and it always leads us back to him, where our thoughts have taken another path. His thoughts, we turn to him, and he gives us our, his thoughts in our situation, right? And so he, he spares us from the harm of the past. Last week I shared about um, First Nations women, who decided to show up, to say, here I am, to show up. And they said, I have suffering in my heart. And then they said, but out of, out of me, I'm going to pour out my best. So there's a walking, the path of life that actually heals your heart. You decided to show up no matter what, in the face of your fears, even in the face of being misunderstood. You, you say, I'm going to show up, here I am. And so that's, that's a path of healing, right? And you pour out your best. Who you pour it out to? Well, you might not pour it out to someone that's misunderstanding you because there might be a barrier there. There might be a closed heart. There might be a whole process uh, with the other person of forgiveness, of getting together with them, of the renewed relationship. You pour out to those that are hungry and thirsty. You don't, Jesus, God never stopped being who he is. He changed not whether people understood him or misunderstood him. He keeps pouring out. He gave us his son. He freely gives us all things. He's always giving to us. He's the father of every good and perfect gift. And so whatever the enemy means for harm, God turns for good. And so even with the Angus Buckham, you know, like God as a church, we let go of the misunderstanding. We let it go. We, say, we command it to sail away. We thank you that we stand under your spirit of understanding, that your spirit of understanding floods us, that we can say, I lean not onto my own understanding, but I trust you. I trust you. I don't understand that, but I trust you. So, Lord, just as a church, we decide to honor every person that have that that misunderstanding came in the, into the valley, and we declare in this valley that we live in, this valley of decision, we decide for Christ. We choose life. We choose Jesus to be center, and we choose every person to be precious. Thank you, Lord. So, you know. God's healing and everybody has stories and so I'm going to share a story. This is a girl that I met. Her name's Ashley. I met her at the Sonship Gathering in Calgary, Alberta with the Father Heart Ministry at the U Church. Um, and she told me her story and she was my absolute divine appointment at this conference. She told me, she told me the story of her life. Every break we got together and we talked. Lunch hour we didn't eat lunch. We just talked. She shared her heart. And she said, I'm exploring my newfound heritage 
as a second generation Canadian. And so she started a journey across Canada and she started in Quebec. Her, her dad was living in Quebec. She went to the Maritimes and I met her in Alberta. And then she said, tomorrow I'm going to BC, my promised land. So it was very prophetic of her. And so her identity in this, in this journey was becoming a daughter of God. And so my whole journey, these are her words, my whole journey to Canada has been an exploration of my identity as a daughter of our Father and to see the revelation of his love, of the Father go to every stream of Christianity, to every denomination, to every culture, and finally face to face with every person. And I travel from coast to coast. I'm declaring that the Lord would restore the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Malachi. And after that, God was silent for 400 years for the New Testament. Because that's God's heart. Who turns, we, we say Elijah does it, but who, who does it? Who's the New Testament prophet? Son of God, Jesus. He turns the heart. He turns the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. God wants to restore family. You restore family, that restores the church. You restore the church, that restores the community. You restore the community, that restores the region. It just, it's like, go out. But it's got to start with us, right? It has to start with our family, family of God even, right? So this, this is from Malachi. That was her heart. That was that God turning the hearts, it was, and obviously it's repentance. It's a wave of repentance. Just like we've talked about misunderstanding, we were letting go of the unforgiveness of that to bring in the wave of repentance. We are forgiven. We are so loved. In that, you even make a divine exchange. If that misunderstanding made you frustrated or angry or something in you holding on to you that you just weren't finding your joy, that gets lifted away in the forgiveness. And so I listened to her, and this, she called coming to Canada, actually called coming to Canada her homecoming. And this is where she met the Canadians. She met the Métis, the Inuit, and the First Nations. And they taught her that healing comes through repentance. So God, come heal our land. We're expecting God to do something he's waiting on us for. We're, we're not Old Testament people. Come and do it, Lord. Come, on, come and save us. The Savior lives in you. He's your Lord. He, he's your Lord. He's the Lord of your life. His Lordship rests upon your head. His headship rests upon your head. He's giving you his Lordship. He saved you, and he's continually saving you from misunderstanding, from things like that. He's continuing to save us. But he, and she learned this with in these cultures, and they taught her this because she was on a journey of healing going across Canada. She said, this is what they taught her. This was their, their whole, they went to the government of Canada, these three groups, and everybody repented, the government and these groups, and they forgave, and they said, in the grace of God, we forgive. In the grace of God, we need Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit isn't a, isn't a definition, unmerited favor. Holy Spirit is not a definition. Holy Spirit is not a power. I remember going to a conference once and, and the speaker said, oh, the spirit of God's over there. And we all fell. We all went, Pew. and And I was like, oh, the power of it came upon me. I called the power it. I called Holy Spirit it. And I said, Holy Spirit, I just called you it. And Holy Spirit wasn't worried. 
You see, that was a grave misunderstanding, right? But that doesn't change who Holy Spirit is. Holy Spirit is not it. Holy Spirit is not power. Holy Spirit is a being. The mama heart of God. The presence of God that nourishes you and nurtures you and feeds you and keeps you safe and protects you and where you learn trust. You learn trust with Holy Spirit. We can't say, oh, okay, now I get it. It's about the Father and the Son. They're indivisible, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God wants you to know him in his fullness. We have one God, but he presents himself in three different ways. My husband is one man, but he's a father, he's a son, and he's a husband. And he's a father. So he presents it. He's still just Dan. But to know Dan, my children know Dan different than I know Dan. So you need to know God in every aspect of his being, every aspect of his character, nature, way, power, and authority. And so she, this is what her journey was across Canada. And, but what I didn't tell you about was she came to visit her father in Quebec, and she grew up without her father. She grew up rejected and abandoned. Never loved, never cared for, never protected. Father gives identity. Never was somebody that would give her identity. What a grievous loss. And she went to meet him and he rejected her. God told her to come. I want you to go to Canada and I want you to go across Canada. See, he knew, God knew that when she went to meet her father, he would reject her. So her journey was, I'm going to show up. Here I am. And I'm going to show up because I now know the heart of Canada. I know it's healing through repentance. I forgive my father. The father's not bad, evil, or wicked. He's broken. It's probably something generational. My dad was in the Second World War. There's other dads that were in the First World War. And she traveled across Canada. What did she learn? She learned about God, who is her father. He was no longer merely God. She was no longer just merely saved. She knew her father intimately. And she said, this is how she described her journey across Canada, of discovering and receiving the love of daddy. Do you think she got a double portion? Because her daddy, her, her biological daddy said no. But you think that her biological daddy, because we're born of man and we're born of God, we're the seed of Christ. We have the DNA of God in us. We're a new creation. We have the spirit of adoption. We're co-heirs. You think her daddy is giving her a double portion right now? I know it. Why? Because she already made up her mind, I'm going to pour it out. I'm going to pour out to those that don't know God as Father. I'm going to pour out to the rejected. I'm going to pour out to the abandoned. And there's going to be people in every bloodline that take a stand to see healing, to come to Canada. Obviously, I've been touching this a lot. So she had a revelation that, that she knows everything about Canada. She threw herself into Canada. Every prophecy that's been spoken over Canada, she threw herself into them. She stood here and she said, the leaves are for the healing of the nations. Well, that, we know that we're the planting of the Lord. And we're like trees of righteousness and that our leaves are shade 
for those that are broken, those that are abandoned, those that are rejected. So she said her story of coming across Canada was discovering and receiving the love of daddy. We just bless her with a double portion. And she said that her whole journey was divine trades of sorrow and tears. That there was a lot of sorrow and a lot of tears that poured out. But she said in the sorrow and the tears being poured out, there was a divine trade. And she said, I cried until his love poured out of me. And it's joy to flood the desert wilderness of my fatherness. She received something there for other people. See, it was in her pouring out of her sorrow and her tears that God said, oh, we sang it. You made room for me. You made room for me. You're pouring out what you didn't even have to give. So he goes, I'm filling you. So she keeps pouring out. I'm filling you. And the sorrow and the tears keep coming out until love poured out of her as joy. Love poured out of us until it's joy. That, that all the pain of whatever we've been through, the rejection, the abandonment, whatever it is, becomes we're so loved, all we can pour out is joy of being loved, like a little child. You ever watch a little child? They're just so joyful because they're like, I'm loved. I just got to show up in the room. I just, I just got to be here. I'm, like, I'm happy because I'm loved. And that's how she is showing up in Canada, for Canada, even with her meeting her biological father. So she poured out joy because she knows that God heals fatherlessness. Because God heals the place where fathers have been absent, where they've been abusive, where they've been apathetic, maybe hiding behind a newspaper. They just can't connect their hearts. They just couldn't do it. They just couldn't do it. But do we, do we judge them? Or do we say, because she's the one that's standing up. So, you know, turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. She's doing the opposite. She's saying, okay, God. Because we can say, well, I'm only going to do what the word of God says. So if my, heart, my father's heart doesn't turn to me, well, that's good. That's okay. I'm good. But she's like, no, my heart's going to turn towards my father first. So her heart turned towards her biological father in forgiveness, in mercy, in grace. And her father in heaven filled up that void. And so she said she speaks life over her whole situation now. And she digs for gold in the dirt. These are her words. And she says, daily I focus on what I'm thankful for. And we sang it, I surrender. She says, I surrender to being fathered by God in the process. We want the process is to be fathered by God. He empowers me to live from a supernatural place of his love and unconditional forgiveness. It was worth it all. What a testimony. Complete rejection and abandonment, complete pain. Absent father, absentee father. Abusive in some way, really neglected totally neglected and she's saying it was worth it all i found the love of daddy i found the love of daddy it was worth it all she says i've come to share the message of jubilee from 
a testimony of rejection and abandonment. My testimony is now, I'm the message of Jubilee. I'm the joy that's poured out in the earth. How good my daddy is. He's such a good daddy. He cared. You see, we don't really think God cares when all that happens to us. We, we try to think that. We say it with our head. But even the disciples, when they're in the storm and Jesus was sleeping in the boat, they're like, don't you care, Jesus? Do you know Jesus didn't really answer them? He just said peace to the storm. But he didn't say, I care. What a huge misunderstanding. Wow. That kind of offensive, right? Like, Jesus didn't say he cared. He didn't, you know, like, oh, I'm sorry that you thought you are going to die. No, no apology. No nothing. It's because he knew they need to meet the Father. They belong, and they're following me, but they don't believe yet. Because they didn't believe everything Jesus said, did they? They had to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had to come upon them with power. Power to believe. Empowered to change the lies that they believe, that God doesn't care for me. We've all had suffering, and at the core, sometimes hidden, and it's denied, and we don't even know there's rooms in our heart that say, you know, why? I mean, God doesn't really care for me, but I'm just going to pretend to overcome it. No, God's going to go, nope, I want in that room. <laughs> I want your whole heart. I want to live in there. Because I don't want you thinking like that. I want you, so the Father wants you to know, wants you to come into intimacy with him because he really wants to show you how much he cares. And he's the one, and I've experienced this many, many times, he's the one that says, I'm so sorry. When he speaks their words of faith, right? And they give you faith. And faith works through that love. He loves you that he cares and he spoke. And you, and you enter into joy. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I want the fullness. I don't want visitations of joy. I want the fullness. And so this woman said, it was worth it all. <clears throat> so Second Peter 1, 2 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who's called us by glory and virtue by which we've been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So, the precious promises of God are for you to have his divine nature. It's not for things, it's not for temporal, although he includes all those things. He gives everything. There's no lack. There's nothing missing. Even when we think there is, we might go through seasons like that. But Paul said, I've learned to be content because I know who God is. Even if I'm in a moment, in a season, there's lack or there's something missing. He says, I'm content because I know who God is. But the precious promises of God are to be divine, part, is his divine nature. He wants us to have his divine nature in every place, every place of misunderstanding every place that he wants his thoughts and his nature because it's his nature it's his way it's his power it's his authority and he wants that in us because in our it's in us we have a new heart and we have a new spirit that the holy spirit is the one that brings the word alive the new nature alive it's not us and them we're one he's the father of all flesh 
And so his promises are his word, what he said he will do. Jesus said in the storm, we're going to the other side. And, and the disciples were, you don't care about us. I mean, they saw something with their natural eyes that made them afraid. They were fishermen. You think there must have been something about that storm that was like, yeah, we've been in storms like that. No, it's not happening. You know, it basically is, we, we belong to you, Jesus, but we don't believe you. We don't quite trust you yet. But God says, that's okay. That misunderstanding's okay. He wants to bring us from belonging into believing. And it's Holy Spirit that brings us into that place. And it's the spirit of grace. And the spirit of grace, you know, we can have all these definitions. But the spirit of grace is God's divine influence, Holy Spirit's divine influence upon your heart. Holy Spirit. I need you to influence my spirit right now in this situation. What I'm looking at, what I'm thinking, even, even the something from the past has come up. I need your divine influence. Holy Spirit's hovering over you anyways. Holy Spirit hovered over the darkness, what was void and empty and chaos. So even if you're living in chaos or something, you feel like something's empty in you, you feel like something's missing, Holy Spirit's right there waiting for the invitation. Just waiting because Holy Spirit's light. Oh, I just can't wait to bring light into that. And so it's Holy Spirit's divine influence, the presence of God upon your heart and its reflection in your life. You see, the Holy Spirit's, Holy Spirit's divine influence on Ashley allowed her to walk this path of life, sowing sorrow, sowing, sowing the tears, sowing these things as God was filling her with divine influence of who he really is and who she is. She's a daughter of God. God's her father. So he healed her as she poured out what was not even given to her in the natural in her lifetime. So Holy Spirit divinely influenced her heart where it was reflected in her walk and in her joy because she brought people alive. She brought people alive who were rejected and abandoned. She knew the way was the way of, was the way of forgiveness. She'd already met people who taught her. It's the way of forgiveness. In God's grace, we forgive. That's our walk. That's our walk that keeps us moving forward. We talked about more of God. More of God in me is a move of God. Because the more of God fills me, the more of God's presence. See, everything's in the seed. We have all the fullness. So does a baby, but a baby's not a mature person of 70. So there's a, there's a walk of maturity. There's a walk of growing up. There's a walk of being the place of what other people need, of being the bread, of being the wine. And so this is, she made this decision. And so it's a decision really just to show up. Here I am. It doesn't mean that like we're all like perfect people showing up. We're probably, he came to heal the broken hearted. We're probably showing up as broken people. And so that's exactly how we reject each other. We reject each other because the other person's ordinary. We might know some of their story, some of their broken story. And we actually might miss what God's pouring out through them because they had a God encounter. They had a God moment. They have a truth of who God is and who they are. And we can, we can just automatically just, just neglect who they are. And so God continually pours out more and more grace upon us. For it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. So then surrender to God. We sang it. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We want to overcome. We want to taste and see your goodness. I surrender. Speak to me. We heard, hear his small, still voice. 
I want to know you more. I need to know you in this, whatever your this is. Don't, don't ignore it. Don't deny it. Don't pretend it's not there. Oh, I have a this. I hope I have a this. I hope you have a this. I hope I'm not the only one. I want to know you in this. <laughs> That's help me, Jesus. Troy had a help me, Jesus. Help me in this. He shared it. He humbled himself. He humbled himself to share, this was my weakness, but God showed up. So we all have a weakness. Don't hide our weaknesses, right? And so, Lord, have your way in me. We sang it. But we need to be humble. To stand, to be humble is to surrender to God. And in that surrender of humility, crying out, God, I need your help. I want something to change here. That's actually your stand. You're resisting the lie. You're resisting the devil. You're standing against those lies, right? And so it's move your heart closer to God. What? I have to move my heart closer to God because God won't move his heart closer to me unless I move to him. No, he's already said you are my love. Love came looking for you. Love came down. Love found you. He's just saying, will you respond? I know you're broken. I know you're tired. I know that, that you've ended up in despair and hopelessness. Just respond. I'm still loving you. I haven't changed. I'm here for you. And so this is what we, this is moving your heart closer to God, and he'll come even closer to you. He wants intimacy. It's faith to faith, strength to strength. Do you know it's intimacy to intimacy? Dan and I, we grow up married in our married life. You know, like, it's not, not, we're not trying to change each other, but we love each other exactly the way we are. But to say that we haven't changed, or God, don't change my heart, change the way I think, was to stay in the past and stay stuck in immaturity. We've, we've grown in wisdom. It's falling down. It's falling forward. It's making mistakes. And it's, and it's totally just coming to the place of healing. It's, you know, because sometimes we bring our past wounds into our marriage. And when they don't get healed, we actually wound each other. We do that in friendships. And, and we can even do that in church, right? Nobody does it on purpose. We're showing up as the best person we can be today. We've all showed up as the best person we can be today. But sometimes all it takes is someone didn't get a hello, someone didn't get a hug. Someone, you went out for lunch with someone and they wanted to go with you. It's, it's just, it starts out with the smallest misunderstandings, right? So <clears throat> God's saying to stand up, but surrender first. Surrender to God because he's always giving. Surrender the lies, surrender the doubt and unbelief. See, to go into the promised land, You've got to surrender the doubt and unbelief. And doubt and unbelief is how the misunderstanding defined you, how you allowed it to define you, you agreed with it, and whatever, because doubt and unbelief doesn't believe the goodness of God, doesn't believe what God has said about you. So we go, we hear his small, still voice, because he's telling you, this is who you are. This is how I see you. We had a prophetic song up here a few months ago. I'm going to change the way you see and I knew God said right after that, yourself first. Because when God changes the way you see yourself, you change the way that you see other people. And you don't see them through imperfections or where they don't measure up or where they failed you. You, you let go of all the misunderstanding, all the frustration. They are who they are. The best person that they are showed up. We're just, we're just there so they can see how Jesus would handle it. Not every person that shows up in your life is going to respond to you, but you keep showing up. So there's a divine trade. That's what the cross is 
always about, right? The cross is about you not taking what was taken off at the cross. So something has to die. So even this week, there's going to be something, because I know when I speak and God's preaching to the choir, which is me, <laughs> something has to die. So it's something you're holding on to that's death for you, which could be from the tree of knowledge of right and wrong and good and evil, because if we eat of that tree, it's surely death. I'm informed and I have knowledge of what's right and what's wrong with you and with me, with God. And God says, Some, that has to die. For a new day, that has to die. God laid the ax to that tree. You have to eat from the tree of life. There is no other tree. Just God, the whole garden's full of trees of life. The whole garden, just one tree, don't eat of. Just one, just one. Just, to, just don't go there. I, paid, I was crucified on that tree, Jesus says. So sometimes we have to be crucified. We're co-crucified, but we got to nail that thing to the cross again. Wait a minute. You were crucified on the cross. You were marched naked through the streets. You were made a public spectacle. I'm not hanging on to you. You're death to me. You're a lie, and I bought you. Hook, line, and sinker. I've been raised, co-raised, resurrection life. I'm going to live in this. Life conquers sin, death, and the grave. Life conquers the lie. Truth makes you free. And so it's positioning ourselves. This is how this girl walked across Canada. I know because I listened to her story. And so it's saying, whatever has to die this week, Lord, we just said, we said to misunderstanding, we nail it to the cross. The blood of God, Jesus was shed for me. I'm free from you. It's a new day for resurrection to be birthed, for a new day. For Christ in me to be birthed, I can't bring the lies of who I think he is, who I think I am, or who I think you are. And so we're, we're just growing up. We're just maturing and we're letting go of those things. Sorry, I'm not used to a mic. Might blow your ears out here. So... I just really believe that um, there's some key words that God's saying. So what is God saying to you? Yeah, I woke up this morning. The first word he spoke to me, he said, valley of decision. So that's going to look different for every person. But decide for Christ. Decide for Jesus to be the center and the focus. There's a, I really believe we're in a restart. I believe there's an awakening. There's a grace to awaken our hearts to walk away from what was, to live in what is. I believe there's waves of his love leading to repentance and the decision to let go of the lies that we believe, that we are awakened as sons and daughters. There's a great awakening that we're not orphans. We're sons and daughters of God. And when we know that, that's how we treat other people. We are his offspring in his seed. His seed remains in me. His seed remains in me. My worst day, my worst choices, his seed remains in me. He cannot change who he is. His seed remains in me. So there's no sting now. There's no sting. There's no sting. So sometimes when you've been sinned against, you've been misunderstood, there's a sting there. But what, you know what resurrection life does in you? There's no more sting. Because even if I'm misunderstood, it doesn't matter anymore. Just like this girl said, it was all worth it. There's no more rejection. There's no more abandonment. There's no more the sting of rejection or abandonment. It was all worth it because his love filled my heart, and now I can't contain the joy, and the joy has flooded my desert of fatherlessness. That's the path of God. That's the path of life. That's the path of intimacy. That's the path of the family of God. Do you know when God uses, when the word child and father is used in the Bible, that they could be used intermittently, that you could use father or child, because he can only think family. 
God can't think us and them. He can only think family, and he can only think, I'm God, and I'm the father of all flesh. I just want everybody to know that. So he just really wants us to have it be transformed by his thoughts. You know, to daily say, here I am, here I am, here I am, Lord. Transform me, renew my mind with your thoughts. Not logic and information, my heart, because I believe with my heart. I believe with my heart. So sometimes God says, well, you're, you know, you've got great, great swelling words. There's these wonderful words that come out of your mouth, but your heart's far away from me. I used to pray that prayer over me because it's like, God, don't let me pray the right prayers. Don't let me talk to you and let it sound really good. It's my heart you want. Here's my heart. Take my heart. And where my mouth and my heart don't line up, I want the agreement of heaven. I want as it is in heaven. I want as it is in your heart. Because I don't want to just say the right words. I want to believe in my heart who you are. I want to know you as daddy. And so I just really believe these are just some things that God's saying. So declare life. Declare the good report. Declare the good news because we're declaring something. Every time we speak, we're declaring something. One will take us into inheritance and the promises of God. One will be doubt and unbelief. You see, we can, we can speak doubt and unbelief over ourselves, over our family, over the church, over the nations because we've seen it, we heard it, we know it. But the nation won't enter into the promises of God. Your family won't and you won't. And Jesus died for us to have the full inheritance. So it's letting go of the traditions of man, letting go of religion. We sang it, right? So declare the kingdom of God has come. We're not waiting for a kingdom to come. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where is Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit is in you and upon you. Holy Spirit empowers all the change in your life. So God himself is our portion, and it's Christ in me, um, my hope of glory, God told me a long time ago, hope, he says, heaven's open portal of expectation. Do you expect as it is in heaven to be in your heart? Do you think heaven's just somewhere you go? Or, do you, or are you supposed to have a heavenly mindset? Are you supposed to have the mind of Christ? Because if we're waiting for heaven for that, we'll live our whole life without a Christ mindset. We'll wait, we'll wait till we get to heaven. So many things we think we're waiting for to get to heaven for, and God's saying, let my kingdom come now. Let my will be done in your heart now. Let heaven invade the gates of hell. The places, you know what the gates of hell are? Where we don't see him and we don't see ourselves. We don't identify as being sons and daughters of God. We don't really identify enough with him being a father. The gates of hell are the whole heart. Ears that don't hear, eyes that don't see. Oh God, invade. I ask God, let heaven invade those places in me. I want to see you, I want to hear you, and I want to know you. So this is the season that God's unveiling glorious sons and daughters. There's an awakening of sons and daughters. We're not running into Safeway saying, here I am, a daughter of God. No, you're Jesus with skin on. You're showing up like Jesus. And you're going to give exactly what he gives. You're going to bless, you're going to multiply, you're going to increase, you're going to subdue, and you're going to have dominion. Because that's what you're called for, and dominion is not domination. Dominion is truth. He's full of grace and he's full of truth, and so are you because you're the seed of Christ. So you want that grace and truth that's written on your heart to be watered by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit waters that. So, Father, I ask your blessing upon us. I thank you that you're shaking everything that can be shaken. 
to reveal what can't be shaken, Christ in us, to reveal your sons and your daughters, to reveal your glorious church, Lord, that you touch our eyes of our heart, that we truly see what you see. Lord, that we, we put a demand on your love, that we have to see what you see. We have to hear what you're speaking, Lord. So here's our hearts, here's our ears, here's our eyes. We just say yes to you. We say yes to every way that you were pouring out in our lives. We say yes to giving to you what was already taken off at the cross, every lie, all the doubt and unbelief, Lord. We say yes to the promised land. We say yes to leaving a spiritual inheritance to our children and our children's children, Lord. We just don't merely want to be blessed. We want to bring the blessing of inheritance, Lord. So we just thank you in advance, Lord. We don't even have to understand how you do it. We just say thank you, and we're just going to walk the path of life, and we're going to give what we've not been given, and we're going to show up and say, here I am. Here I am. By the grace of God, I am who I am like Paul, Lord. Paul, so was, who was so radically forgiven, he said, by the grace of God, I am who I am, because he had a revelation. So we, I just declare in this house a revelation of Jesus Christ, a revelation in your hearts, in your spirits. Flood our spirits, Holy Spirit. Flood our souls and flood our bodies. And we just thank you in advance. Amen. <laughs>